on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. It's time to party like it's March 2020. Clubhouse has officially been released on Android. Google Ads hopes their new three-strike system will do a better job of enforcing their ad policies. But we have to admit, we're pretty worried they're going to screw it up. YouTube is launching a slew of super new features that will have streamers counting their blessings. All on today's show. (laughs) You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm your host, Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Caleb Blodgett. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on July 23rd, 2021. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another fantastic show. Again, we are really slammed this week with people out on vacation and a lot of work to do. So there are just three of us today. I'm joined by Caleb and someone who looks a lot like Greg with some questionable facial hair. It's good to see you. Well, last week it was ladies' night, is what you said, and now it's stash night. It's stash night, you know? Two to one. Can you see? So what are you saying about me? You don't have well. You we you, you considered it mustache for you. You just had the majority last week. You called it okay. ladies' night, so we have the majority this week. Okay, that's fair. But yes, I was just up in the Adirondacks. When I go up there, I don't necessarily like shave my face every day, and I let it grow out. Um, and I see like if I can grow a beard. It's like my once a year I go see if I can grow a beard. The answer was no. I couldn't get the, the side. It's just too patchy. So I went goatee and then I went just with like the top and kind of like the Doc Holiday from Tombstone. And then now I'm just mustache and tomorrow it'll be gone. Okay. Well, I don't know what was worse. Oh, but... you're not. You're it's only for today. Keep it around for a few days. It works. Uh, I, it works. I don't know how you do it. It's very itchy. I don't. It I don't know how it. It's. It's just like there's always something there. I like can't look away from it. <laughs> and you can see us over. Over on YouTube. Yes. If you yeah. check it out, youtube.marketingclock.com. Yes. Caleb, what do you have going on? Uh, well, great night last night. And not because anything happened to me, but because of what happened to the Milwaukee Bucks. They are NBA world champions. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the world. Uh, it's just been a, a whirlwind of Wait, emotions Wait, so it really today. ended? Yeah. Yeah, NBA was it? Season. Oh, I didn't even realize. Was and you- this was Tuesday night. We record on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I said that That's <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just in a great mood. I can't lose. Giannis can't lose. The Bucks can't lose. Wow. Well, they lost two. Yeah, they can like, lose, all right? <laughs> but, you know, they got a couple straight and we won. I'm so, so happy. I was literally in the room reading a book and I did not realize that the series ended last <laughs> night. Oh, you know, not so just, you're just uh, ecstatic. You're like, let's go. It's over. Not just the guy sitting in the seats crying with a towel over his head. You're just like, oh, he's probably hurt. <laughs> no, I just learned. And I had a very eventful weekend, too. I went to the first wedding I've been to post-pandemic and... Um, Greg knows this about me. I'm kind of like a weirdo, like on the dance floor. I like to do some splits and some stunts. I just like act really weird. Caleb, can you edit out the kind of part of kind of a weirdo? (laughs) Kind of cut. So anyway, I can't exactly do the splits anymore. So I get out there and I kind of panic. And I'm like, what are you going to, what am I going to do? I start doing push-ups. Push-ups. Wow! So you're at a wedding. You're at a wedding, just going full <laughs> Billy Blanks. One, seven, two, three. <laughs> I to the ground and started doing push-ups. 
Wow. Yeah, I'm out of moves now. And then somebody played um, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift on the bus and they made a huge mistake. I sing it. <laughs> I smashed my chest like this while I was singing for emphasis. Everyone just thought I was nuts. I mean, I am, but it was fun. Yeah, push-ups at a wedding dance is like, that's yeah. a new one for me. I am happy that dance floors are back. And getting into the news this week, Google Ads announced that they will begin testing a new pilot program for accounts that repeatedly violate ad policies. And sporty girlies will love this one. They're calling it three strikes and you're out. Ooh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Isn't that a different type of <laughs> Oh, yeah, ball? different sport. Okay. This is going into place in September 2021 for violations of the enabling dishonest behavior, unapproved substances, and dangerous products or services policies. Some examples of these are deceptive behavior or products such as the creation of false documents, hacking services, and spyware, as well as tobacco, drugs, and weapons, among other types of content. These ad types have been prohibited for a while, but what's changing here is the punishment for those who don't abide by the rules. So on the first violation, you'll have no penalties beyond the removal of the ad. And on the, on the next violation, within 90 days, the account will be placed on a temporary hold for three days, during which no ads will run. And if you do it again within 90 days of that first violation, the account will be placed on a temporary hold for seven days when your ads won't run. Won't run. And the final violation within 90 days, your account will be suspended. I don't know if you guys were counting, but that is four strikes, not three. Oh. I'm not a math guy or a sports guy, but that's four. Well, that's it's true. just that the Neither first is a warning. <laughs> it's still a strike. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. a foul. It's like a foul ball. It's very confusing, but people think they can't violate it three times and they're out. You really get four. It's okay? a technical. Two strikes and two tacks. Not that I'm telling you to break <laughs> the rules. So my other thought was that with this is that it is nice that they're having better rules about this. They need to be better about enforcing their policies because people break the rules all the time and it's hard to explain to clients. We had um, a meeting with a potential client this week who advertises CBD. They wanna do it. We had to tell them you can't do it. It's against the policy. And they're like sending us screenshots of ads for CBD because people break the rules all the time. It's crazy. If you get the right rep, you could get around all the maskers. You can get around everything. Yeah. And they had worked with a previous agency who told them that people were grandfathered in. Like, that's ridiculous. It's just that (laughs) Google doesn't do a good job of following their own rules and enforcing them. Because the problem here is that they're broken and they're not going to be able to enforce these fairly. Like PPC chat was just replying this week with some really funny examples of violations that they shouldn't have gotten. So Sean Ellie said... Currently have an ad for a ceiling light limited by Google for advertising opioid painkillers. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) That's not uncommon. And then PPC Kirk agreed. He said, I don't fault Google for considering this, but I would implore them to implement a program whereby these advertisers can actually connect with the policy team and work together on a solution. Too many faux violations on honest accounts to not consider that. And then Julia, something Greek. Papa Giorgio, like Nick Nick Papa Giorgio from that uh, Griswold movie. Is that a sporty guy? No, it's from um, um, the Clark Griswold movie and they go to Vegas. Okay, Julia, sorry about that. (laughs) Julia Papa Giorgio, she agrees 100% with Kirk. We need to be able to liaise with them, which she also taught me how to pronounce her name and that liaise is a verb. We have had an ad selling rugs and carpets disapproved for sexual content finance ads pulled for recreational drugs sometimes it feels like the ads team might be drinking while reviewing our ads and then jenny marvin from her at ads liaison account said i assure you there's no drinking during ad reviews i've passed this feedback 
along to the teams. But it's true. Stuff gets taken down for no reason all the time. And are these accounts going to be suspended? Like that would be really bad. And I was actually talking to Jill Fetcher, host of Agency Scoop podcast before this. And she was saying that like, they're just so inconsistent. Like maybe this video will be taken down for Greg's mustache violating ad policy. They should, to be fair. (laughs) No, this is one of the things with good intentions, right? Good intentions with the thought of this. But in order to make this work, you need that liaison or liaison. What was it, a verb? A you need to liaise better. A liaise. <laughs> liaise better, right? Yeah. And that's one thing that we know Google Ads has done very poorly. Um, to give them credit, when you try to overturn one of their disapprovals, they do a very good job at that. But is that going to count as a strike? I didn't see anything in there. And there's just so much mislabeling of ads. Mm-hmm. I could see this being horrific. And this is like the one thing that Google Ads has currently is they're not facebook they don't just shut stuff down nonstop. and now there's this possibility of doing it with a track record of saying that your ceiling fans is like an opioid and that's a tough pill to swallow yeah. if you're an advertiser and there's just so much at stake to shut down someone's entire account like yes it's and, terrifying and you're suspended if you get the third strike mm-hmm. it's not even like you could talk to, and that's the thing like how about you could talk to somebody like what if after your second strike you get to talk to somebody yeah that'd be great i mean i wanted to be jenny but i also don't want her to have to spend all of her time on that oh that'd be terrible <laughs> what else is going on this week all right next up this week there is new news from youtube and there are a lot of new features that may or may not apply to you and your brand so first up there are clips and we've talked about clips a bunch but that is rolling out um, along with a new feature called subscribers only chat where you can have a live chat with just your subscribers that's nice but it is only for all streamers so we'd have to do this live like bill o'reilly wait i don't get it Um, so only your subscribers can be in the chat but everyone can see it um it, it the live chat is only for the, the oh. chat is only for live streamers. Isn't that how it was already? Live chat? No, yeah. because it's like, it's they have similar stuff on Twitch to where only pay, like paying subs can talk in the chat for certain segments of time. Okay. So. Well, I like that because I've been in like live chats for my podcast YouTube videos that get out of control. I bet you're causing it. <laughs> <laughs> you're in there doing push-ups or something. Yeah. <laughs> Also, there's going to be a new feature, polls, where you can interact with your live stream viewers. And again, this is also available to all streamers. So you can put a poll in the live chat and um, have people put their opinion. Vote on who has the best potato draft or other important Or mustache. Yeah, mustache. Oh, yeah. I wish we had enough uh, followers or we're doing it live here. Yeah, we need a thousand. Get us there. I can mop the floor with you, Caleb. (laughs) Spotify bowl. We know what we're doing. All right. And the final thing from YouTube this week, move over Super Chat, move over Super Stickers. Super thanks are here. (laughs) So fans that are watching YouTube videos can now purchase something called the Super Thanks to express their gratitude and show their support. <laughs> I think this is super dumb. Super thing. <laughs> Out of everything, though, this one actually looks like the most adult-ish in, in a good way. Like, I mean, it's you get kind of like a little animation that comes over your screen, and then you get a comment with kind of like a color based off of your, um, about the denomination of what you had given in the thank you. So it's actually not like a 
crazy flying star or kitten or something. It, you can actually understand it. I just still don't know how many people are going to pay for something that. Yeah, it's like you imagine you're looking for dinner on a weeknight. You're like, oh, this is a great chicken marsala recipe. And you're like, let me give you a super thing. It just doesn't, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if, you, if you're trying to like go through something and you like a tutorial. And right. it helped save you something, and you kept it up, right? Like that's, I think, the big thing is like, was this actually helpful? Um, we we get a bunch of people on our marketing talk say this is really helpful, but you have to pay for it, right? Well, they're just saying thank you in a comment. So in this case, they could be like thank you, and then throw okay. us a couple of bucks here. You know, I just don't know who's gonna, the content's <laughs> free. Why would you pay? I don't know. It would be a great email salutation. I'm gonna try it out. Super thanks. <laughs> And next up in the news this week, TikTok is officially announcing the global launch of a new ad type that they are calling Spark Ads. And in the words of the great Andrew Hutchinson from Social Media Today, these enable brands to sponsor already trending organic content that aligns with their offerings in order to get an association boost without having to create anything themselves or even commission a creator to do so. So that sounds really crazy, but I'm actually kind of into it after reading this article. So for example, if you're a beauty company and an influencer uses your product in a video, you could just reach out to that influencer and repurpose that clip for paid campaigns. So brands can boost their own organic posts or relevant content posted by creators, converting them into in-feed ads or top view ads. And they're able to utilize TikTok's ad targeting tools to get in front of their audience. I think my moment has finally come. I've talked about this before, but Diet Coke just does such a terrible job with their social media. And I have been out here being a loyal brand ambassador for my whole life. And I think this- Whole life? Wow. Well, a long time. Okay. I was raised on Diet Coke. (laughs) (laughs) I've always loved it. I drank it on my wedding day, posted a nice picture, tagged them. I'll tweet about it on Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for them. They have such a like very affinity fans of their brand and they just don't care about any of us and they should repurpose repurpose some of my content. What's your best Diet Coke TikTok you got right now? I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, but I will now because I want to be discovered. Okay. I have so many good ideas in the can. They just gotta, That's our goal. Just got to post them. Yeah, just to have Diet Coke reach out to you. Yeah, Guys, and then we can do work for them. If you follow the marketing and clock TikTok, it's, TikTok, it's just going to be Diet Coke TikToks for the next week. So just get ready. <laughs> I'll post it on my own page, okay? We got more exposure. If you're trying to be famous, you're trying to be famous. I guess. I just think... Diet Coke ambassador. <laughs> I would be the best one. The Diet Coke liaison. I don't know. Danny Sullivan's a big Diet Coke guy. He is? Yeah, he might be good. I don't know if he's on TikTok, though. What does he say about it? He just always drinks Diet Coke. Every time you see him, he's got a Diet Coke. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Greg's like, yeah. Every conference we're at, he's like, always got Diet Cokes. It's just the best. It's so refreshing. You know, the Christmas morning Diet Coke tastes so good. What? Get out of here. Oh, my goodness. Wild. Christmas morning (laughs) Diet Coke. It is. I give it up for Lent every year, so I'm having my first one in a long time on Easter. But for some reason, the Christmas one tastes better. I can't explain it. This is a a, (laughs) Christmas Diet Coke. We need to get a sign. like 8 (laughs) a.m. Are any of our listeners scientists that could talk about the seasonality and taste differences on holidays? I think it has something to do with um, at Christmas, they have like the seasonal cans, so I'm always getting cans. And then at Easter, I get a lot of bottles. <laughs> you think they put a little extra Christmas magic in the, in the yeah, can it's every so year? So good. I believe in Santa, and I believe in Diet Coke. So as Ad Hutch points out, 
You can't just repurpose content from other platforms for ad campaigns on TikTok. It's such a unique experience. So brands can use this to find content that's already been created and pay to promote it. And some of the things creators are doing on the platform is really unique. So I think it's a great way to like source from the community and make some great ads. Did you hear that Coke was changed change Coke Zero flavor? They did? Yeah, yep. and they're changing Diet Coke too. Yeah. They are not. I no, know. they. No, wait a second. <laughs> They're not changing Diet Coke. I think it's Coke Zero is getting it. There's nothing about the sweet, sweet taste of aspartame that you would ever need to change. I mean, I think you just answered your own statement right there. <laughs> Question. I don't know. Anyway, next up in the news, we've got some news from TweetDeck. And there are some big changes coming to TweetDeck. And they laid this out in, in a series of tweets, which is you know, par for the brand. TweetDeck's owned by Twitter. In case you didn't know, they purchased them. They made the product way worse and <laughs> they made it like a browser version only. It used to be this really cool, yeah. it used to be like impossible to use Twitter and you'd have to use the client app to, and it was awesome. When it was like the best way to use Twitter, they increased Twitter, forgot about TweetDeck, made TweetDeck a web version. Um, and now they apparently remembered that they purchased it and are trying to fix it back up. I use TweetDeck all the time. If you've got multiple accounts, like a Marketing Clock or Greg Finn or Cypress North, you can put them all in one location and you can also follow along really easily with different hashtags. So I use it for PPC chat with the fabulous Julie Bacini on Mondays at 12 p.m. Eastern time and also on Thursdays, I think it's Thursdays, 12 Twitter spaces. Yeah. So follow Julie at Neptune Moon on Twitter for that um, and it will line everything up. But so the first thing they're doing is updating advanced search and that was a little bit broken so now you can put in all the different search operators you want um, and it actually looks really cool um, in the specific uh, column in TweetDeck. Wow. That's important because I like tweet things and then forget and need to find something that I tweeted months ago like a feature I found in the wild and want to prove that I said it first even though nobody cares and I can never find it. Yep. And then the next thing you can do, there's a much better tweet composer. So you can add threads now um, and tag people, photos, videos, GIFs, polls, emojis, GIFs also. And you can do scheduled tweets as well. And then the one thing that had me saying, what the deck was a new feature to TweetDeck called Dex. And it's actually a really cool thing that kind of looks like a list, but it's on this it's like horizontally on the side there and the example that they have is one that's like food primary food and what this will do is completely almost like a flipboard if you're familiar with something like that it'll completely change what you're looking at um, and you know for something like a software like OBS like we record on for podcasts we'll have a deck that's for marketing clock and it just pull, pulls everything up. And then we went for agency scoop and it's just totally different. And so this is like the same thing. It's just a complete different look with different information based on what you want to see in that moment. It looks like a lot to read. Well, yeah, I mean, you could have one in like Caleb, you can have one for the box and right. then you could have one for, you know, facial hair hygiene or something like that. Oh, the two to like main like, focuses in life, by the way. It's almost <laughs> making it like Pinteresty. Yeah, it, cool. I actually think this is, I'm interested to play around with this. You could have a paid one, you could have an organic one, and you could just really customize it to whatever you want. You don't just have to have one. Yeah. What flavor do you think that purple ice cream is? Oh, that one? That looks like black raspberry. I'm feeling lavender on that. Lavender? It's yeah. a little dark for lavender. Yeah, they have a picture of a big ice cream cone. I think it's poison berries that you picked in the forest <laughs> on your trip. But don't eat those berries. Okay. <laughs> 
And there was also an article over on Bloomberg, and they said Twitter considers subscription fee for TweetDeck and unique content. And I went to go read it, but ironically, there's a subscription for <laughs> Bloomberg, so I didn't get to it. So anyway, cool stuff over on TweetDeck. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from David Kyle at David Kyle on Twitter. It relates back to Shep's main story here. He's got a picture, a nice image of a car getting cleaned off. And it appears that they're selling some sort of cleaning mitt. It's kind of like a foamy, bubbly mitt that's there and it's wiping the car down. The person's arm is obviously in the mitt. You have to show a little bit of arm there. Apparently there's too much arm because David Kyle said, this image just got popped for partial nudity. Will the appeal button work? Question mark. Film at 11. Hashtag Google ads, hashtag PPC chat. And there's some replies to him too. Somebody called Angry Robot said, can't believe you dump smut like this into my Twitter feed. SMDH. Then David Wells said, LOL, the arm is too sexy. Long sleeves required. That, and that is insane. I know, I know Twitter has pretty open guidelines, but this is this is a little bit too much. Yeah. Well, it, this is from Google Ads, like we're talking about. This got kicked off of Google Ads. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, no. It got flagged there. Yeah, but Caleb's saying he can't believe he could even tweet it. Oh, because I mean. Because you can tweet anything on Twitter. And <laughs> you can tweet anything on Twitter. <laughs> There's everything. on And Reddit. You can do anything on those two sites. Um, that I, is bad. Pamela Lund talks about this all the time too. Like I think she does a jewelry brand, and like every single picture is getting flagged it's for crazy. adult nudity. Yeah, great. <laughs> Good luck to us all with the three strikes you're out. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why am I people, Lily Ray at Lily Ray NYC, that's DJ Lily Ray to you, says on Twitter, SEO tools are great for surfacing keyword and content opportunities based on existing data. Where they fall short and will always fall short is being able to provide guidance on actual subject matter expertise. The problem arises when many SEOs rely on the same set of tools for their research because the tools are all working with the same data sets, more or less. If everyone blindly follows the advice of SEO tools, it will ultimately lead content, lead to content that is basically all the same thing. And then she says it's the same with like content marketers who are doing research on Google and we're all looking at the same Google sites and everyone's content ends up being the same and nothing's unique. And she says, Google has made it abundantly clear in recent years that unique and original reporting is one of the main criteria for ranking, especially in News and Discover. And most recently, they reiterated the same concepts with the product review update. The missing ingredient and key to success is to loop in actual experts to collaborate in the content creation process. They might provide insights that don't exist on Google yet, and that expertise could prove to be the most helpful and engaging for users. I think about this a lot. Like nobody really talks about how when you work for an agency, you're kind of expected to be like a generalist and know stuff about a lot of different industries. And it's not always that easy to like jump into a meeting and talk to people about something you don't know about. See, I, I somehow can do that. But I usually don't talk about you, the marketing You know, you part. really have the skill and you like don't know that other people don't. Oh. <laughs> you're very good at that though. No. I feel like you're funny though. Like you get on a meeting and you can make people laugh that I can't make laugh. 
Yeah. I feel like that's part of it. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like embarrassed to like be meeting a client and just be like, can you literally explain to me what you do? Because sometimes you feel like you're supposed to know and it's not that easy. Guess what though? Everybody in agency, it's way better to ask questions and say you don't know something than to pretend that you're some, you know, expert at everything. And that's her point. Like it's better to ask and loop in experts and do better work. And not to just send people data that anybody can grab. Like what does it mean? You know how many garbage audits we've seen from other agencies They're like, oh you should look at this and say, no actually why don't you look at the number of conversions you've had from your organic results and look at that it's 200x what it was last year yeah and if you're looking for some data on like djing hit lily up too. <laughs> now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round at this point in the show we split up our content into three parts paid organic and social. First up in the paid universe this week, TikTok released a new report that says that TikTok ads are more memorable than those on other platforms. And the emotional response from those surveyed also shows that TikTok's ads are more likely to drive purchase response. Emotional response and memorable aren't necessarily a good thing. I guess the purchase response is, but like a bad ad could be memorable and you could be reacting to it badly, you know? Also, who, where'd the report come from? TikTok. Oh, <laughs> weird. Weird. I thought they were going to say we had worse purchase response. Oh, no. Okay. I just think like the most memorable ads are the terrible ones. Like oh, yeah. Life Alert. It'll live on forever, you know? True, My husband true. sent it to me today in a response to a picture of the baby on the floor. Those memes are never going to die. <laughs> yeah, but that's this is one thing, like, take it with a grain of salt. There's also, one of my favorite per- things is there's somebody that's schlepping, like, um, virtual, like, remote or software, and all this person does is tweet about how the office is going to die. And that's all, and it's like, bro, you're just trying to sell this <laughs> remoting software, that's $29 is a seat. Like, of course you're going to say the office. Nobody's ever going to go back to an office again. In TikTok, of course you're going to say this. Mm-hmm. Why do they even do their own reports? Like, who cares? Okay. Next up, Google Analytics announced that advertisers can now set up ads conversion... Google Ads conversions via server-side Google Tag Manager. This allows you to move your Google Ads conversion tracking tags from the web page to the server and will reduce the amount of code that you need to run on that page and hopefully improve page load times. You must be using Google Analytics 4 to utilize this feature. So if you're one of the people who's dragging your feet, I mean, we nobody, the really, one person. nobody really likes it, but this is why you need to use it. Well, we, we've got a new marketing thought coming up on analytics, and I think it was generally positive about the future of GA4, not, yeah. not the present. Yeah, yes. it was. At Timothy J. Jensen on Twitter noticed that some of his LinkedIn accounts have access to brand lift tests and asked if anyone else had tried using these. I have not tried using these. I haven't even heard of them. And if you're like me, they are basically they're sending a survey to people who have seen your ads and people who haven't to determine how your ads have impacted their perception of your brand. I see this on YouTube all the time and I feel terrible because I never respond. I'm like, I'm an advertiser and I probably should be. But sorry. And Google Ads announced that they will allow advertisers to identify multiple accounts at once for the advertiser identification program. If you forgot, this program will show the advertiser's business name and location on ads to increase transparency. And finally here in paid, HubSpot announced a new regional data center in Europe in efforts to help EMEA 
customers feel more confident with in-region data storage. Existing customers can access this now. New HubSpot customers will be able to use it in 2022. I don't know if you guys know this and like I don't want to brag, but did you know that I grew up in the data center capital of the world? No. Wait, huh? Yeah. Ashburn, Virginia. We're the data center capital of the world. There's Data Alley. <laughs> and we have a pretty good bagel shop, too. Is it the hula hoop center of the world or no? No, but I was the hula hoop champion um, five years in a row, and nobody's beat my record at Ashburn Elementary School. Wow. Have you gone back and checked? Not in 10 years. I we think need it's to, time for a return trip. We need to get an intern on this. <laughs> <laughs> Road trips. Drive down. <laughs> stop. Check out the data warehouse, data alley, hit it up, check out the bagel shop, and then check out the wall at Ashford Elementary and let me know. Data alley sounds so bad. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening in organic? Well, first up, there is a new article from Google about best practices for deals in Google search. And they talk about how you can create dedicated pages for each promotional events, how it will display in a whole bunch of tips and tricks if you've got deals. They've talked about this before on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And now this is just about deals for all of your events they're talking about. Um, There's a whole series of best practices. You can hop on over to community.marketingclock.com to get all of the show notes or sign up for our newsletter. But basically you create a dedicated page for each promotional event. You need event descriptions in the page title, images, text, and sales. So really cool. Um, and they're not stopping there because there's now a new way to enable video key moments in search. And we've talked about this before with YouTube videos, you can use a chaptering feature um, put in the timestamps, and many times that will pull into the search engine results pages. This doesn't require YouTube. So as long as Google can have a deep link into some other portion of the video than the main part. So like, again, YouTube has might have like a uh, parameter question T equals 30, which is that 30 seconds in. As long as you can do that, you can be eligible for this. You use something called seek to action markup on every video page. The example they had was from John Smith at John Smith 123. Wow, how do you get that name? Oh my God. On video app, which was the hypothetical application. And he had my daily workout slammer, hashtag staying fit on there. And the name of the workout was my daily workout. He had the date, um, the URL and all that. And they showed exactly what it would look like. He's doing push-ups for sure. The name like John Smith. Yeah, so you can upload your push-up portion of your dance routine there. People can hop right there. My daily workout would basically just be removing close variants from my accounts. And you don't sleep on the uh, snippet tool. You can now see if the page is uh, is eligible for rich results. So there's a link to that as well in the article. So check it out. My workout is just sitting in this studio and sweating. Oh, that's pretty good. It's like a sauna. And we have the wood and everything in the back too. I don't know if it's cedar or not. Very nice. Right. We have a new studio coming, by the yeah. way. So it's going to be a heavenly. And we're going to be able to upgrade our video and all that. So stay tuned, maybe a couple of months out. All right. And from Google's Danny Sullivan over on the developers.google.com blog, he says there's news content. Well, he didn't say, I guess, that there's news content. What the title of this was is answers to some common questions about appearing in Google News. There's not a ton of answers to the questions that he put out here. And this is so frustrating because Danny is the most clearest writer and one of the best communicators. And by the time 
PR or internal review gets done with his articles, it's just word salad. It's just terrible. Anyway, they say news content compare in several different Google products. They go through all the products and then runs through a couple different questions. And again, one of the questions is, is my site eligible to appear in these places? The answer, and tell me if this is an answer or not. It says, your site is automatically considered for Google News and news services and search. No application required. You just need to provide relevant content that's identified as having high levels of expertise, authority, and trustworthiness, or EAT, having consistent history of producing original news-related content, and complying with news policies. That's not about, he's not saying yes or no about your site. Yes, and this over on Search Engine Land, Barry Schwartz says, so how do you know? How do you know if your site shows in Google News? The crazy thing is, you would think a site command in Google News would tell you. Google said, well, you can use a site search query on Google News in a news tab on search. It doesn't mean that those pages are eligible. So there's no way to see if the pages are eligible. So then Barry went on to say, so how do you know? You can try searching for stories in Google News and see if your site comes up. Oh my God. But the best way, Google said, is to look at the performance reports on Search Console for news and Google Search filtered to the news search type in Search Console. And Barry went on on his um, Search Engine Roundtable site to say, Google tries to clarify Google News inclusion questions. And it's like, yeah, don't, there's no answers on this. Shots fired. And there are a couple of other good tweets out there. Barry Adams, who's big in Google News and other things, um, has a re- said, Google's response to the avalanche of legit criticism of their totally broken algorithmic news inclusion process that excludes thousands of genuine publishers for no justifiable reason whatsoever. Quote, Nah, it's fine. <laughs> so that was a good one. We should ask Danny what he thinks about the canvas bottle Diet Coke debate. Maybe he can Ooh. give us a clear answer there. I, I, I have a feeling he'll have um, very, very specific opinions. I okay. think he's a can guy. I'm going can. Oh, yeah, he seems like that kind of guy. The right kind. Yes. And then I, I went through this and I clicked on some of the links in here. And the links in this fresh piece of content are incorrect. And that's my, like, you click on the news services link on where does news appear on Google. And I clicked on news services. I'll have it highlighted in YouTube. And you get there, and the answer in that says, appear on other news services. And underneath it, it says, appear in top stories or news. Publishers are automatically considered for top stories or news tab of search. They just need to produce high quality content applied to the guidelines. To be considered for the carousel section of top stories on mobile, content needs to be published in accelerated mobile pages AMP format with article-specific structured data. That's wrong, right? That's wrong! Yeah. <laughs> you're link, you're putting that. this out trying to clarify it, and you're sending it to something that says, to be considered, you need to be an AMP, which you don't need to be an AMP. Danny said that like two weeks ago that AMP isn't a ranking, isn't a requirement for ranking. It's not a ranking factor. It it's a ranking requirement. It's also stupid that it's like you understand why people are so confused about yeah. this. There's no clearly, way to see if you're in there. It clearly goes through so many rounds of editing where they're just taking out everything he says, and then you don't even check the links. To make sure know. they're accurate. So anyway, if you are interested, read that, but don't click on the one thing that says <laughs> go news surfaces because that is still incorrect. So good luck. Next up, you can delete the last 15 minutes of your Google search history. There's a little button in the app that just says delete last 15 minutes. Why would you? You're doing something naughty. Like that while you hit that button, it should just be sent to the police. 
Yeah. Don't you think? It's like, so many should be, should be seeing this. Yeah. You're just looking up car washes and you know, there's a lot of arms. You got to get rid of it. Yeah. It's like I got too many forearm searches in here. <laughs> I got a lot of CBD ads after talking to that potential client. So I'd like to get rid of those. Okay. We'll delete your last 15 minutes. Yeah. Make a time machine and you're all set. <laughs> all right. From Claire Carlisle by way of Glenn Gabe on Twitter. In July 2021, you can now see data around messages that come in via Google My Business. So um, there's a cool example that Claire had, um, and it just shows that if somebody came in via request a quote, you can now see that. And then there's also some analytics. So if you're big in the local space and GMB, um, this is awesome. Um, just can't wait for them to try to monetize this and be like, do you want the request a quote button? Well, you're going to have to pay for your own traffic for your own brand. That's really sad. I don't know if that's true or not, but I could just see it going that way. All right. Shopify has also launched something called Inbox, where you can turn browsers into buyers using the power of chat. You can manage customer conversations, create automated messaging, and get insights into chats that convert. So it's pretty cool. Um, It's free if you are a Shopify user. It's another reason why you may want to consider Shopify if you're considering opening up a store or opening up a store for your company. And the dashboards look really cool. You can see the number of conversions, conversions, or sorry, number of conversations. That's I'm always conversions on my head, you know, like top of mind. (laughs) Or conversations with replies and conversations that end in sales, which is really cool. So um, you could do a lot of this with apps and plugins, basically. But now it's free with Spotify inbox. Very Spotify. Nice. Shopify. Ah, I almost made it the whole way. Just at the end, I changed it. All right. YouTube is acquiring Indian social commerce startup SimSim. It was valued at more than $70 million. And they say micro influencers are more effective at building a targeted audience, creating entertaining experiences, building trust, and personalizing messaging. So I don't know why YouTube is doing this. I guess it makes sense. But, you know, hey, SimSim. If you need a Diet Coke influencer, I got your girl. Hit me up. All right. And Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter, has a tweet saying, bye-bye, AMP icon. It's gone from both top stories and 10 blue links. If you heavily use AMP, it will be interesting to see changes in CTR, if any, from this change. I like as if any, because nobody knows what that is. And I don't click on AMP anymore because it's always broken, and it's a bad experience. Anyway, he says, not like there's anything you can do about it, though. Smiley face. (laughs) All right. All right. So you said you are a math guy or not a math guy, Shep? Definitely not. Okay. Well, you're going to love this one. The Google Search Console performance report is adding math solvers as a search appearance filter. You can now see how your math solvers markup is doing using the Google Search Console performance reports. And you know what's odd? What? Every other number. Okay. <laughs> what are, why do people want like kids cheating on their math homework to come to their site? Like, know. what's the point? Why are you optimizing for that? No, I, I see this stuff now, and I'm like, thank God this stuff wasn't around when I was in high school. Like, I would have been. Thank God. All over it. Oh my God, I would have saved so much time doing things that I don't need. <laughs> well, now I at least halfway know numbers, so you know that's good. Well, Google has added the math solvers rich option as a filter in the Google Search Console report. So just like you have several dozen reports to filter by performance, you can now do it with practice, problems, or math solver structured markup. So do you know how to make seven an even number? So we have more math jokes. No, I, I, do you know how to make seven an even number? Seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Get rid of the S. All right, and even next up so. from oh nine to five, Google. Google has a 
multi-stage plan to shut down classic hangouts and move the entire workspace customers to chat. This is the latest step in advancing Google chat adoption that takes place next month. Google just can't get chat right. Hangouts was the best thing that they had, in my opinion. I know. But yeah, Hangouts I know. was pretty sick. What do you what do you know any friends that are really into math? I unfortunately have a friend who's a math teacher. Is he an algebra? It's a lady. <laughs> algebra. <laughs> algebra laugh. Okay. <laughs> and from Roger Monty over on Search Engine Journal. Martini Buster. <laughs> 5.9 may boost a core web vitals metric by up to 33%. Pretty cool to see WordPress trying to adhere to make things speedier. And according to some test results, 5% of themes in the test group scored LCP scores that were 10% worse to as high as 21% was worse. Uh, 42% of the themes improved LCP and the benefits were better for the majority of the tested themes with this new update. So cool that it's across all the themes. Um, and also, do you know why you should never talk about the number 288? No. It's too gross. I don't get it. <laughs> all right. Google has... I'm with you. I don't <laughs> <laughs> this is an article over on Search Engine Roundtable. Google is saying we ignore PDFs for core web vitals and mobile friendliness. And John Mueller said, yeah, we essentially ignore PDFs when it comes to core web vitals and mobile friendliness. Sometimes they show up in the reports, but there's no need to do anything specific. Who wants them. their PDF to rank? This is so... You know what? <laughs> all the garbage SEOs out there that are going to be like, get rid of all the content. Make it all PDFs. Look at our core <laughs> web vitals. We don't have any images. I They're can't. all PDFs. I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing. Did you hear about that student that got upset when the teacher called him average? I'm scared I won't get this one. <laughs> no, it was, just, it was just just mean. Okay, I got that one. <laughs> All right. Taylor Swift is a great song. <laughs> of course. All right, from uh, Barry Schwartz, of course. <laughs> I'll run search on your roundtable. The name of the article is Google, your job as an SEO is to not confuse search engines. I'm not even going to read this to you. <laughs> but counterpoint, your job is PR as PR at a search engine is to confuse SEOs. Like that's their job. They act like it is. I know, it's crazy. Um, what did the zero say to the eight? You're me with a hug. Nice belt. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> when's the seven, eight, nine one coming up? I'm waiting for it. All right, Zoom is acquiring five, nine to build the customer engagement platform of the future. And of course, this came from Zoom, but they're combining five nines contact center as a service or CCAS, SaaS solution with the Zoom's broad communications platform. And it will transform how businesses connect with the customer. So if you do have a lot of customer service, maybe worth checking out Zoom because they're adding on this new platform. And do you know what they call numbers that can't stay still? 789. Roman numerals. <laughs> All right, oh what's in God. social, Caleb? <laughs> well, first up in social, I'm glad to see that Facebook is focusing and innovating and all the ways that really matter with the brand new sound emojis. Oh, <laughs> they are exactly what they sound like. It's an emoji that you can send to a recipient and they can interact with it and it plays a sound. So Zucky's the example of the clapping hands emoji. You guessed it. You uh, press it. 
and get some claps. I've so, been waiting for this. Oh, yeah. Like my entire life. I can't wait for my grandmother to start sending me. She's going to love them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and next up from Social Media Today, Andrew Hutchinson, Twitter is testing a new image layout format with pictures laid out horizontally, the whole width across a feed. And Jane Manchin Wong discovered this and tweeted about it. Of course she did. Of course she did, right? <laughs> Everything. If it happens on Twitter, she knows. And Jack Dorsey tweeted, as a reply, much better <laughs> under it. So I thought that was funny. And other Twitter news, product lead Kayvon Bigboard did a poll that asked uh, if the limited time edit feature that we've talked about in the past... Uh, would be an influence for folks to sign up for Twitter Blue, and seventy percent of you folks <laughs> said no. So you shouldn't have to pay for anything. It's a free whatever. This yeah. I don't get why you just don't make your platform good. I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 one that I'm not paying whatever that is just to retract a fifteen second. Do you, you think know? he'll like put it in his will? Like I wish the Wendy's guy would have put in his will that there shouldn't be vanilla frosties. Do you think Jess? Jess what are they doing? Wait, 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 wait. What, what is, is that? That's an offense. When I get asked take. what flavor insane frosty take. I want, I scream have back. You... I'm like chocolate. <laughs> wait, what? there should didn't I'm pretty sure he said there should never be a vanilla frosty. You're talking about Dave time. Yes, I'm pretty sure he said <laughs> over my dead body. Will there ever be a vanilla frosty? He died. Next week. I'm totally lying. Jeff is <laughs> Do you think Jack Dorsey will put it in his will? Like, no edit button. No. No. I don't think so. Uh, I wouldn't be good surprised. Good to know Chef he is doing. really dedicated to this, you guys. Catch Chef doing a push-up protest outside of Wendy's. So. <laughs> Have you ever had the coffee, Frosty, that they had? No. Limited time? It's good. They shouldn't have flavors. There's one flavor, and it's chocolate, and it's not that chocolatey. It's the best. And don't touch it, okay? All right. Well, next up from The Verge, Ashley Carmen. Stay on the lookout for Racket. Racket is a short-form social platform that's currently in beta, and it's going to allow users to take voice notes or clips up to nine minutes and post them. So you won't be able to edit them, but you will be able to share them and get audio replies from other YouTube or from other users. So uh, you know, there's a lot to take away from this, I think. Love to see that audio platforms are getting more love, uh, raising money getting uh, you know, a lot more interest. And there was a good point in the article that I liked about podcast accessibility and how everyone wants to start a podcast and everyone wants to do it. Everyone has great ideas, but it, you know, it can be a little bit inaccessible if you don't know what you're doing, you don't have the equipment. I think this is a good way to you know, kind of get into it. You know, Post a nine minute video of you talking to your friends. I like it. I don't get, why is it nine minutes? I get it if you're like, you get 30 <laughs> seconds. It's gonna be fast. Make it snappy. This is like Twitter for audio. I get that. But nine minutes? Hey, if you can't say it in nine minutes, don't say it at all, right? <laughs> all right, next up. Who can even talk for nine minutes? Oh, we you. can. You can definitely <laughs> talk for nine minutes. Uh, next up from social media today, Andrew's Hutchinson. He still hasn't noticed us. Um, <laughs> Instagram story drafts are now available to all users. So get to drafting those stories away. Okay, from Alex Heath from The Verge, Snapchat has acquired Vertebrae, a company that lets brands take and manage 3D versions of their good. And Snapchat has been making some forays into AR shopping tech, so this is another step down the path. Uh, and the article said <laughs> that early testing has shown that consumers are more likely to buy something after they interact with a 3D version of it. Uh, this also <laughs> came from Snapchat's yeah. consumer report. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Where's the math on that? Yeah. I, I think it's cool. I mean, that this really could be the backbone of people's 3D. Vertebrae? <laughs> well, I think that 
they, uh, they did some testing with this with other brands like Gucci and um, Nike had a thing with their shoes. And it was pretty cool, you know? I think it kind of creates like a weird ownership thing in your head. When you see it on you, it's that easier to imagine yeah. yourself getting it, you know? It's fine. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's a new Spine. Real Housewife. Wait, did you just say it's fine? <laughs> there's a new Real Housewife of Potomac who does of marketing for a chiropractor. It's like when worlds collide for me. So I get to watch Real Housewives. Oh, there's wow. back cracking. <laughs> oh, no. It's amazing. Okay. Tune in Sunday nights. Well... Next up from Social Media Today's Andrew Hutchinson, TikTok has announced yet another event, the Hashtag For You Summit. And it's an event aimed at what the article describes as brand and agency partners in North America. It'll feature creators, musicians, and ad agency execs, and TikTok staff as well, each of whom will provide perspective on how to make the best use of TikTok for marketing. And the main sessions are going to focus on examples, processes, and the power of platforms very powerful influence on music trends. There's going to be a lot of belly buttons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of pointing, a lot of, yeah. lot of dancing. Yeah, don't don't try to repurpose it as a Google ad. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, right out of the mouth of Zuck himself, um, there are now joinable calls on WhatsApp. So if you're added to a group call and you miss the notification, you can join whenever. Uh, a lot of people outside the States use WhatsApp. Huge news for the world, not us. Um, <laughs> from Social Media Today's Andrew Hutchinson again. Uh, so there's a little bit of controversy heating up between Facebook and the good old U.S. of A. Um, so <laughs> President Biden, when asked about uh, Facebook vaccine information, of which there is a lot, he said, quite frankly, they're killing people. <gasps> just he literally up. said they're killing people. <laughs> they're killing people. <laughs> And there was a lot of online talk about that. Facebook replied back, um, we will not be distracted by accusations which aren't supported by the facts. What does that <laughs> even mean? So in response, Guy Rosen, who is Facebook's VP of Integrity, published a blog arguing that vaccine acceptance on part of Facebook, on the part of Facebook users in the US has increased by 10 to 15 percentage points. And racial and ethnic disparities and acceptance have shrunk in considerably. All right, which is a good thing, uh, especially if you consider that a lot of minority groups are the ones who are disproportionately affected by um, the pandemic and corona in general. So, you know, anytime you see them accepting that yeah. the vaccine can help, it's a good thing. Imagine the interview questions for the position of VP of Integrity. <laughs> Do you just like take a I was polygraph? <laughs> Alive? You just go in, no prep. There's a polygraph machine and a guy. <laughs> is this is like integrity, like the definition of integrity, or like Facebook yeah. integrity. <laughs> they call in like all your elementary school teachers, every and, bad thing you've ever done. You imagine? Did you lie in third grade about <laughs> taking an extra lunch? I just like the fact that like this is a really tricky subject, and somehow it became political, and I don't even understand. It's like yeah. a sciency thing in my mind, yeah. and like you've got. Many people saying things that are no. This is something that nobody like. No, this is still we're like a year, we're like fourteen months into this. Yeah. Like, how does anybody know what anything is? And to be fair, Jerome Adams, the uh, Surgeon General, um, I believe that is his name. The, his actual status currently still the U.S. Surgeon General just put out this week a tweet saying. Last year, Tony Fauci and I famously prematurely and wrongly advised against masks. I felt it was the best call at the time, but now regret it. I'm worried that the CDC also made a similarly premature blah, 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 blah about something now. But he got it wrong. Yeah. Does that mean he's out? And then he went on to say as well, which is, <clears throat> which is crazy as well, is that 
another tweet where he said, to be 100% clear, I still firmly believe Dr. Fauci and I made the absolutely best decision we could at the time. Limited info on the virus, limited supplies, and healthcare colleagues are at extreme risk. But you said not to wear a mask. And, yeah. and, and you're, the president's putting it on a social platform saying they're killing people. It's just crazy. It's like people can get stuff wrong. And for as much hate as we get Facebook, you log on to Facebook and you see all these celebrities getting vaccines and you see them doing this and you see so much labeling of stuff. Yeah. And nobody know at the time, nobody knew anything. It was literally a brand new virus. It's crazy to say that that you're killing people when like you have your top medical person got it wrong. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that that was such a funny, like the quote tweet when he says, um, I still believe that me and Dr. Fauci made the absolute best decision we could at the time. Which is, which is true. <laughs> yeah. But you, you yeah, got yeah. it wrong by exactly. saying, like, sorry. It's a pretty big and, one. And to, to be fair, he put out very helpful videos when there was mask shortage, showing how to turn a shirt into a mask. Everything was good. He tried to rectify it. But at the same time, that is not accurate what was gone out on 60 minutes arguably the largest news source in the united states yeah oh we're not oh second largest second largest (laughs) uh and moving on and even more important news than vaccine misinformation from jane manchin wong it happened Clubhouse is now available. I have no yeah, idea totally. where you're going with that. Seriously? <laughs> you're killing people. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, now if you're on Android, you can access Clubhouse. It's in its prime. Everyone's using this app. You know, like, what more could you want? And that's ironic. I would I would have wanted this to, this to happen in, in March. Literally, if it had happened in March, it would have been like a main news story. Yeah. And then it came in today. It was like, are we even going to talk about it? Like, This is, you know... This is painful for me. You know, I'm a big clubhouse. I was a big clubhouse guy. And now that it's just like, you know, cast to the side of the road, we're into social is, you know, you find out clubhouse is going on Android. Kind of sucks, but you know, it's all right. And that's all for social. And we have one late breaking news piece here. Twitter is testing an internal dislike button for tweet replies. replies. So that just came out on Wednesday. And again, I believe... Actually, Jane didn't find this one, but Twitter, or I guess it looks like Mac Rumors found it, and Twitter support tweeted that they may see some different options, and it seems like it is a test currently. That's literally yeah. going to make me less likely to tweet. But the <laughs> the thing about it is that it's not going to be public or visible. So far, the only person who will be able to see it, Twitter said, is Twitter. So you can dislike it to help them know oh. what's popular and what's not. Cool. Yep. Okay, I'll never tweet again. <laughs> And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. Something that is working hard for me is Google Ads Editor. We're taking over an account that has a lot going on and restructuring it. And you just forget sometimes like different tools you have in there. So like this week I figured out a new filter feature where I could filter by multiple words because every single keyword in the account had every single one of the 50 United States next to it. So I was able to find them all at once, delete them all. And if something just seems really hard in there, you're probably doing it wrong. Just try to find a better solution. Um, But they also give me like dumb violations for an invalid description. It's always the second description. It's happened in multiple accounts and I'll delete it and add it again and it goes away. So I don't know what's happening there. It's working hard and hardly working. What about you, Greg? 
For me, I've got something about DSAs or dynamic search ads that's bad. This Next week, it's going to be good. But I've been sending up some DSAs. I haven't been doing it in a long time. I put in the URL of the site with HTTPS in there. Google Ads found all the categories on the site, started picking categories, went back through, added a few different uh, custom things in, tried to move on, and I kept getting errors. And I'm like, it's finding the categories, I'm doing these things. I try all these different things. It would not let me through. You cannot have the HTTPS yeah, in there. This was an ICYMI once. You forgot already. I know. I forgot. <laughs> and so I'm, but, but I've never seen all of the categories populate on it. Like I saw everything. It's like it read the site. It gave me everything. I'm like, cool. It's in. It worked. And then I'm like, oh, I can't do this. And I started doing all this custom stuff, which is going to be really cool for next week. But anyway, if you see that, even if it looks like it's pulling it in, you can't have it. You just have to have the .com or whatever .edu. Caleb. Uh, this week I was doing some t- YouTube targeting research for a client and I found a really cool Chrome extension that allows you to really like get a lot of information just from being on YouTube without having to do much other work. But it's called vidIQ and uh, it lets you click or hover over a video that's on uh, YouTube and you can instantly get uh, related keywords, keyword score. Uh, related trending videos and then it allows you to filter it which is even cooler by view count and by popularity and engagement so if you don't feel like doing like a really long mining thing it gives you a lot of information quickly so i like it and now for this week's cool tool as a reminder our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention we're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really really cool this week's cool tool comes from Green Goodloop, and they've created an ad tracker called the Green Ad Tag, and I found this over on Adweek. And the Green Ad Tag can be run cross-platform through digital campaigns on display to out-of-home and allow agencies to monitor their environmental impact alongside viewability metrics. So according to the agency's custom-built carbon calculator, The typical online ad campaign emits 5.4 tons of carbon dioxide. What? T-O-N-N-E-S? Is that like European for tons? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's insane. That's wild. That's mind-blowing. Absolutely wild. Almost half of that produced by the average person in the UK each year. Um, Anyway, pretty crazy. And in response, Goodloop will offer the carbon impact of entire campaigns and provide recommendations to advertisers on how to lower the impact of their media buying. And they have a rate called tree PM, which will see a tree planted for every 1000 impressions purchased. Nice. Pretty cool. It also seems like it's something you put like a tree to sleep with, you know? Tree PM. Like, oh yeah. I gave that birch the old tree PM taking a snooze, you know, like Advil PM. <laughs> No. <laughs> I yeah, I built up a dependency to it, actually. Not a dependency, a... Um, <laughs> it doesn't work on me anymore because I used it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Try Trepium. <laughs> and now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Katie Geyser over on the Cypress North blog. And Katie put out an awesome post called Pinterest as a Search Engine, an Advertiser's Guide, Secure Targeting, and Pinterest Ads. Katie goes through all the different match types where, surprise, surprise, you can actually use exact match and it matches exactly. You can use phrase match and it matches the phrase. 
pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So if you miss actual matching, check out this article. Katie talks about all the different tools you can use to find terms and how to implement correctly. So go check that out. Thank you, Katie. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Do you know why six was scared of seven? Caleb? Seven, eight, nine. Oh my God. <laughs> seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Thanks for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. But before we get going, from the team, Caleb, we got a little present back from you for the presents for us. (laughs) But this is for... You, you get presents for our children. This is for your future children. Oh, okay. Oh, so wow. A little, uh, little, little hint there. Oh, okay. Wow. A little down the pipeline, but you know, we'll get this opened up. We'll see why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he this said it's from hilarious. the team, but it's from him, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> this is a Darius Garlic card. What Greg is convinced is going to make him richer than Bezos himself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be in space soon. Oh, so it's going to like pay for their college? Yes. This is going to, yeah, well, Darius really. Garland. It's a base Darius Garland. I love it. Card. I love it. I can't wait to be rich because of Darius Garland. Like, there you go. Now your team, Darius, with me. Go yep. Cavs. Who, Bucks, who needs them? <laughs> I didn't even know what sport he was. Okay. <laughs> So today we will be bringing back an old favorite. It's guilty pleasures. So everyone's going to go around and admit to a guilty pleasure, something that they enjoy, and we're all going to give our feedback. Okay, so I'll go first. This is a niche one. You may have never even encountered this phenomenon, but I am a really big fan of rubber cement. Ugh, the smell of it? It's gross. I like the smell of it. I like how it's like the brush and you can like do it really easily. I used it in high school on a lot of foam poster boards and you could literally just like take things off and like rub the rubber cement off and it came off really nicely when it was dry. It's just a lovely um, substance. Yeah. Okay, Greg. Hang on. I got to call the police. (laughs) (laughs) It smells so good. So I don't know. I don't know if you guys are going to think mine aren't as guilty as yours. But one thing I noticed, I went on this one boat when I was up in the Adirondacks, and usually boats are pretty gross and bathrooms are gross, but when you went into the men's bathroom, they had a urinal full of ice, fully iced urinal. Guilty pleasure. Wait, I'm horrified. Why is that a thing? I don't know, but it was awesome. (laughs) It's like, you just have like a whole thing of ice in the urinal, and maybe it's to like stop... It's like a natural uh, odor deodorizer or something. This was like a family-friendly episode before you started talking about anti-vaxxers. I didn't talk about it. And now that. you're talking about... You're, you're, it's a guilty pleasure. You're an ice urinal. If you've ever have encountered, you ever encountered it, it you'd be like, it's good. That's a thing? I have like a few times. Usually they're like troughs. They're ice. Why do you know do what saying, it? Caleb? What's yeah, the purpose? We walk in and you see a trough. You ever seen it? It's like a bathtub. Yeah, yeah. And everybody stands around it and you, you pee in I've and seen ice. The Shining. 
Okay. Why? <laughs> but why do they do that? What's the purpose? To get rid of the ice? That's it? I don't know. I think it's just like a nice little fancy thing. For <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> I don't know. I swear to God. I think it is. I'm so horrified. Okay. Caleb. Um, okay. I don't know if this is like a guilty pleasure. It's just kind of weird and out of the ordinary. But I love it when you're in the shower and like it gets interrupted by like cold water for like three seconds. Wow, what? you're a serial killer. <laughs> no, no, That's crazy. It's a nice change of pace. You know, you get so change used to it and you zone what? out and you're like, wow, this is a really comfortable shower. And then you're just like, Ugh! and you get froze because of the cold water because someone flushed your toilet or turned that on the washer. That is a day ruiner. It wakes you up in the morning. That's you know? what you like do to your sister when you're mad at her. No, you have to get your sister to do it for you to wake you up. Say, go downstairs, flush your toilet. I, the alarm clock didn't really do it this morning. I think, you know, it, it just, it keeps you going, you know, Caleb, a little spice of life thing. I'm concerned. <laughs> it's not I, that weird. I am too, though. I remember there was a show called Future Weapons back in the day and the host yeah, was Richard Makowitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point he says, he was on some interview and he goes, I take a cold shower every day. It puts a, it entrenches a gr- toughness groove in your brain. <laughs> so maybe that's what it is. Yes, yeah, it does. It really does. You know, I, I'm, I feel like I'm a real gritty guy now, you know? Yeah. I hate that. Okay. <laughs> Next one for me. I like my popcorn just a little bit burnt. Thoughts? Absolutely bonkers. I hate burnt popcorn. That is mm. the weirdest thing ever because it smells like you, something's on fire. But it's you, it's like too risky to like aim for it as a goal because then you really burn the popcorn. Yeah. It's just like a happy surprise when it's just a little bit burnt. Do you like the kernels too, you weirdo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, do. No. So it's like an ass texture. <laughs> okay. I don't know if this is... Weird enough or not, but to me, one thing I enjoy so much is when you see a power line going across the street. Yours are all fake. <laughs> no, no, a power line going across the street, and there's a squirrel that scampers across it. A squirrel that uses that as a bridge, it makes me so happy every time I see it. Have you ever- <laughs> That's I, I, I've seen it, pleasure. but I, I love it. I sit there, I stop, I'll pull the car over and watch the squirrel go across. And I'm like, this is so, you go, little dude, you go. If you He's ever see Greg pull to the, to the side room of a road. To find an ice journal. <laughs> urinal on the rocks. Squirrel, let me make you a little ice journal. Uh, I guess, all right, for mine, so do you know how when you have a box of Cheerios, um, like when you have a little bit left, there's like mad dust at the bottom. I really like that dust more than I kind of like the Cheerios because it's more fun to eat. You just pour it on the milk and you just watch it sink. And it's just, it's just enjoyable. It's a different, it's like a different well, experience. Do you sip the milk to get the dust? Yeah, of course. No, you, I can't, you have I can't to eat the dust. Never, That's the whole point. never sip milk in my life. And they're really? probably never. plain Cheerios with you because yeah. you don't even like the flavored, you like plain cornflakes. <laughs> We're not even talking honey They're nut not. dust. We're talking <laughs> about nut plain nut. Cheerio dust. It's it's an interesting experience. What was your other like, Grape nuts? <laughs> <laughs> grape nuts are impossible to eat. They're actually good though. Okay, well, thanks for playing. I'm never speaking to any of you again. And we'll see you next week.